1: Hello, welcome back to the show. It's your host, Courtney Robertson, here. I'm recording this intro at my dad's house, so I'm sorry if it's a little bit echoey. Our washer and dryer crapped out on us this weekend, and I have done four loads of laundry at his house, so I'm not in my normal little studio at home. But bear with me on the audio quality for this intro. I've got a great guest for you today. Perfect timing with Joey's season starting. I interviewed a girl that was on my season. We talk about her experience on the show, and so much more. It's a very vulnerable conversation, and if you listen last week, I had a lot of Noel on. It did really well, and the feedback was incredible. Of course, I got one message that was like, "Hey, you really missed the mark," in um, talking about, you know, these serious topics. And I know your show's light and fluffy, but so I'm sorry if if anybody felt that way. And I actually recorded with Alana Noel for her podcast, A Recipe for Crazy, and that is out now. And we talk about that. Uh, I just wanted to make sure she felt comfortable with her story and the way that I reacted to it. I was actually listening to Rachel Goes Rogue this morning. I'm really enjoying her podcast, Raquel Levis from Vanderpump Rules, and she had somebody on her, the caption is, smile like you mean it. She's been getting a lot of feedback about like you laugh and you smile a lot when you're talking about serious topics and it really takes away from the messaging. And, you know, this is normally a pretty light and fluffy show. Leave it to Alana, a former producer, to get me to. She cracked me wide open. And as you'll hear in this episode with my guest, she really encouraged me. We talked offline. I told her some stuff that I've never shared. And I shared all of that on Alana's podcast. I'm, my palms are sweating, you guys, thinking about it. Basically, talking about something that was going on in my life for a long time that I've never shared. So. but, um, listening to Rachel goes rogue and talking to, they were talking to a doctor about the psychology, about why you smile or you laugh or you make a light hearted comments about serious stuff. And that really resonated with me. And I remember when I was filming the bachelor, they would say to me like, stop laughing after everything you said. And so I'm going to work on that and being better. And I do want this podcast to be a place where we can talk about serious topics and I want everyone to, to be in a safe space. So, thank you for listening to that episode. I do want to talk about Joey's season before we get to our guest? I watched; it was incredible. I thought it was one of the best first nights I've seen in a long time. Hell, how did they get a Billie Eilish song in the intro? I started getting misty eyed just watching it, and I feel like they really kind of did what they did on the Golden Bachelor where they didn't do these long intros about the contestants until they were coming out of the limo. And then it flashes back, you know, two months earlier. So I'm hooked. And the girls, they've got such a great cast. Oh, my gosh. The dresses. I'd love to have Zachary Reality on to do a breakdown of just the fashion. But I wrote down a couple of my standouts for you guys. I got to say, Joey is looking a- dashing. They showed that uh, clip of him and Charity on his season. They gave him a fresh hairdo, put him in a leather jacket. They showed him riding a motorcycle. He is a babe and a half. But uh, I was thinking there was a lot of sequins, a lot of sequin dresses last night. And I love it. I love a good sparkle. I do think some of the girls missed the mark. I looked at some of the brands. A couple of them were wearing Charlotte Roos. And I didn't even know Charlotte Roos was still in business. But I loved the sequence. So here for it. And so my standouts were Lexi, Maria. She is going to be fun to watch. Um, Autumn, I think she has Bachelorette star quality. She reminded me a lot of Becca Tilly. And then uh, Jess, who really, oh boy, little smoochy pooch. She really stepped in it, but I can't wait to watch. I mean, she actually said I didn't come here to make friends. I don't remember saying that on my season, but if I did, please remind me. And then Kelsey, who brought the voodoo doll, she, her mom passed away, which really struck a chord with me. And that is what I will be talking about on Alana's podcast. And I'll probably talk about it here next week or when I feel, when I feel ready. So, but um, the green dresses, did you notice there was a lot of green dresses? I wonder if that was like a tennis thing. Who knows? But watch the preview for the whole season and it looks like it's going to be one of the best ones that they've had in a while. Oh, also, I forgot to mention the bleep heard around the world. I've had a lot of messages. Everybody wants to know who we bleeped out of the episode with Alana Noel and if you knew why we chose to do that, you would understand. The timing is not right, but I know she's going to share that um, in the next couple months. So I my lips are sealed. Anywho, let's get to our guest. She has almost a million followers on Instagram. She's a mother. We talk about our time filming The Bachelor together. We swap stories, talk about the ins and outs of can I steal you away, She had a really famous kissing scene that we talk about, and she shares some stuff with me that I had no clue about, and uh, she talks about who treated her like the turd of the earth and so much more. It's a vulnerable episode, and I sure hope you enjoy. Yay. All right. Welcome back to After Reality. Today's guest was on season 16 of The Bachelor. That was my season with Ben Flannick and season one of Married at First Sight. She's an author and is a wonderful mom of two angels, Earthside and in Heaven, a podcast host of Hot Marriage, Cool Parents with her husband from Married at First Sight. They've been married for 10 years. It's Doug Henner. It's Jv Otis.
0: Hey, oh my goodness. Courtney, I haven't seen you in so long, and I'm so excited to chat
1: with you. Oh, well, I am so excited to have you. So like I said, we filmed The Bachelor together. And man, that was like, gotta be 13 years ago, was it? Yeah,
0: that was a long time ago. And yeah. you've been
1: married for 10 years. So I'm like, you guys do the math. It was oh, it was yeah. so long ago. And you know, there's so much that I want to ask you. We have connected just on and off throughout the years. I think the last time I saw you, I was living in LA. And um, I think you were promoting your jewelry line that you had, which was so yes. cute. I still have that little spoon necklace, (laughs) but um, I kind of wanted to start with our time on The Bachelor. I wanted to start off by thanking you because you were one of the nicest people to me on on our season, and obviously I was the villain of our season, but I just remember we were a couple weeks in, and we were in... Uh, what was it, Utah? And you came up to me and you like asked me about my modeling career and like you were the first person at that point in time to ask me anything about myself. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you if you know that, but I was just like, oh my gosh, someone's like being nice to me and like actually, like I felt like other people were just kind of ignoring me. That's how I felt.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like well, you definitely probably had a target on your back because you're beautiful and you're a <laughs> model and. You know, and honestly, I was definitely, I've always been, I did not feel like I belonged there. Let me just be very, very honest. I don't think you ever knew because I never told anyone really like just like where I came from and my backstory and whatnot. But I was like, how am I here with the the cover of a magazine model and like- And then, uh, someone else was like talking about like their horse or, you know, Lindsay, who's very sweet. She's talking about her horse ranch and all these, all these things. And I'm like, I don't belong here. I live in a trailer in a trailer park. Like, how am I here with these women? And so I think that it's easy for, I guess, women, unfortunately, to become very jealous and kind of pit themselves against each other even I am so sorry. That was my phone that just dinged.
1: That's okay. I will turn that
0: on silent. Total rookie move over here.
1: Same over here. I just went to focus. (laughs) (laughs) But um, uh, yeah.
0: So I I had a heart for you just in the sense that I I felt like I didn't I didn't necessarily feel like I really even belonged there, and like I kind of felt like an uh like a fly on the wall watching like all these beautiful women. I know it's very interesting, but I did feel like a fly on the wall, kind of watching like. And I remember saying to Katie. Katie Chen. Do you remember Katie from a producer from, I remember saying to her, Oh, I think that that girl would be good for him. And I think that that, and she's like, girl, like you're supposed to be. And I'm like, Oh no, not me, but like this girl's great. (laughs) (laughs) That is
1: so wild to me because I looked at you as a front runner. I really did from night one, or when we started kind of chatting, I thought you, Rachel Trueheart, Casey, um, and Casey B because we had the two Casey's a nurse. You're so Sweet and pretty, and I really, really so like my. It's interesting to talk to each other now. Yeah. Um, and and then there was obviously I had beef with one girl on our season early on that happened it, who, in Utah. Emily. No?
0: Emily. Uh, yeah. Oh, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I can always take this part out, but I I know very vividly. I remember her going to Ben and like story oldest time. Like she's not like, you know, the way she is around us isn't the way she is around you and that night we got into it and we were at the cocktail party and she called me, like you have a personality disorder. She called me autistic and they bleeped it. So when it aired, it bleeped. But then I remember you and I think Casey got up and you're like, we don't want any part of this. Like you went and you like walked away from the group. I don't know. Do you remember that at all? Or? Oh
0: my gosh. I feel like that my time on the bachelor was so, so long ago and I don't remember an awful lot. I'm sure you remember more because like you were chosen, you were the, you know, and also you were the villain and you did have a lot going on. I don't remember that. Actually, I remember liking Emily, but I liked her to be very honest and transparent. And I don't mean to, I'm just being, I'm just sharing my truth, but like, I really liked her. I thought she was a great person. And then at the woman tell all, I was like, she didn't treat, like, I thought we were friends. And then at the woman tell all, she genuinely ignored me and treated me. Like I was just like, and the turd of the earth. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought we were the turd of the
1: earth. Can we make that a shirt? (laughs) The turd of the earth. Uh,
0: But anyway, so I can see, I I remember when I was on there, I was like, I don't know who to trust. Like, I'm sure you felt the same way. Like, who do you trust and who can you become friends with? And, and so I really didn't know. And I heard from all the girls that you were just so like X, Y, and Z, except from of course, Casey Steamer, who I ended up, I ended up kind of gravitating towards her because she was the one person that I think everybody liked. And so I was like, Oh, she seems safe to like, but like, I didn't know. I, I didn't, I, I like to like form my own opinion on people. So if everybody says that someone is X, Y, and Z, I'm like, okay, I'll keep that in the back of my mind, but let me just get to know that person myself. And so with you, I really just, I knew what they were all saying about you. And, and I could tell that you were a front runner. And so of course I could tell that people are probably jealous and but I was like, I haven't experienced that with her. And so I'm not, I didn't want to get too close to you cause I was scared to get burned, but I, cause of what they were saying, but I also didn't want to treat you like crap. Cause I was like, well, she's never treated me like that. So, mm. and this, you know, and so that's kind of what my experience was with you anyways. Um, but with Casey streamer in particular, I was like, Oh, this girl's like, I felt like safe around her to be honest. Like, I felt like you couldn't feel safe in that house. Right. Like, it's like, Holy crap. Like what's coming next. And then whenever there was confront like confrontation or whatever, like I would try to just peace out because I'm like, I'm not here to like in a click or, you know, and you, did. And you
1: walked away with, uh, from that one conversation. And I was like, Oh my God, it felt like you were kind of sticking up for me in a way. Like, just like, Hey, I'm not okay with this. I'm going to walk away.
0: Yeah. Uh, Although I don't know. I kind of think if I was a better friend, if I had known you better, I would have been like, ex- I should have, I would have had your back. I would have been like, excuse me. Like, don't talk yeah. to someone like that. So, you know,
1: and then how know, it aired just- was like, uh, people didn't see that. And, Uh, that's it's really interesting to get your take and like I just remember really liking you and like I felt safe with you too but there was other elements playing into it for me like producers saying like these girls are all talking bad about you and like I just like remember like people being like where's Courtney she's like sleeping all the time or I just felt like the whole experience was like really uncomfortable to me and so like I really tried to keep my distance as much as I can because the days are long and I think that that also added to people maybe feeling like I know Blakely went on someone's podcast, like she just always seemed too good for everybody. And um, anyway, I I remember in Utah walking, uh, nobody knew, but all the girls were sitting on the couch and I, they probably prompted me, but I kind of was around the corner and I heard everybody talking badly about me. And that was early on. So I was like, oh my gosh, like this is not going well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I could imagine. That's like I gotta tell you, I feel like the bachelor, God bless the show. Cause it's been on forever, but being a contestant on it, it's like, it's really m- like, m- like a mind F right. And like, yeah. I feel like there's you- a lot
1: of manipulation. Yes. And I feel like
0: I didn't have a, like a connection with Ben. I didn't even feel like I belonged there. Like I, so I, I feel f- kind of fortunate in that sense, because if you did, which it seems like you did, and then you're like kind of into the guy, you know, you're kind of into the guy. You think maybe it could work, but then these, I can't imagine the, ter- the, the emotional turmoil that you must've had in your mind. Like I can't even imagine and how you actually, and then to hear from producers who you kind of consider your friends as well. I mean, you become very close with them and they're telling you that these people are talking poorly about you. And it's like your friend, I don't know. It's like, you don't even need to hear that. Like, why do you want to hear that? But they have to tell you because then there's, it's a better show if you, you know, it's right. just Oh, it's it's a lot.
1: Oh, it was so much. And that's why I was so thrilled to have written my book to kind of share my side of the story. And there was obviously some things I had to leave out, but mm-hmm. so I just wanted to thank you for being kind. And I also wanted to apologize for when you finally you left in Puerto Rico. That that scene was so epic. I'm sorry Panama. You were, we were in Panama. Panama.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Panama. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, Panama. And there's a scene where you're, you're like having your moment with Ben and I remember encouraging you like you you were really just kind of like a fly in the wall like you didn't you weren't as assertive as some of the other girls. Like yeah. you weren't the girl who was like I'm going to just go steal them You know, yeah, that, no. that's not in your nature. Yeah. It, which is weird because the people watching at home don't realize that the producers are kind of orchestrating that. Like I remember yeah. in Sonoma like Lindsay was having a talk with them and they're like if you want time tonight now is the time. You have to go steal them. Mm. Like it was like prompted. Things were prompted. Yeah. Um, but you were doing your time with him. And I, they had told me like Ben's waiting for you in the pool and he wants to go swimming with you. So I go, and they're like ushering me, like you have to put your bikini on. And, you know, mm-hmm. if, I don't know if you remember, but at that hotel, we weren't allowed to go use the pool during the day. Like we were like stuck in that, like kind of suite Yes. Together. yes. So I was like, oh, I'd love to go swimming. And like, You know, sometimes at the cocktail parties we would go in the hot tub. So I was just like, "Oh, okay, he's he wants to go swimming with me." And I get over to the pool, and then I realize I'm like, bright in the sight of you having your quiet time with him. And I'm like, they just showed me get in the pool by myself. I literally walked to the other side and got out. And I was like, I got into a fight with the producer, and I was like, I just feel like you guys just totally, Mm -hmm. uh, you kind of like did me wrong. Like he's clearly has no clue. Like they set up a scene to make it look a certain way, but. That wasn't my intention to like be all sexy behind your quiet time with him.
0: Well, let me tell you something about that scene as well, because.
1: Ooh. What?
0: Yeah. And I don't know if you can air this legally, like contractually. So, um, cause I don't know, I don't, I want, I don't want to get either one of us in trouble, but the truth of the matter about that scene and what aired on television is that when they pan off my, my, like us talking first of all, we were talking about, I'm sure nothing. And honestly, I knew you were a front runner. I was trying to like, I was like, I guess I should try to, I didn't, I, I, I wanted to like him. Cause like, you know, they tell you like he's Prince charming and all the things and yeah. you know, there's, it's the only guy that there is. And like, so I'm like, Oh, I, I gotta win him over. I, I do like him. I do like him. Like I was almost like trying to convince myself that I liked him. I didn't really necessarily like, it's not that I didn't like him in the beginning anyways. Like he was you know, handsome. And of course he's like the Prince charming, but I didn't have, I never had chemistry towards him. You know, I wasn't like, Ooh, this is my guy, you know? And I feel like there was a select few girls you included that were like that. And I was like, I don't, I don't even know why I'm here. (laughs) Like kind of, but anyways, that day when you came in behind us and I don't know what happened, but they pan off my mouth and they, they literally put words in, like, that is not what I said. They put, they piece those words together, and i was shocked that they're even allowed to do that like i don't know oh if i've talked people yeah
1: we are people talk about it all the time and you know there's so many bachelor podcasts it's called frank and biting and um, I've talked about it at length because the things okay. on our season that got me the most in trouble were voiceovers.
0: Oh, and yeah, I'm sure that you may not have even said, like, they could
1: just get that and Or I did say them, but it was, like, in a different country. So they couldn't uh-huh. show me because you would tell, like, oh, I'm whatever, I'm wearing yeah. this outfit. And so it would just be a voiceover over a scene, but it would be me talking about something completely different
0: yeah no no, we can
1: talk about that i'm not i'm not worried about that but i mean i don't even remember it was said because i didn't watch our season so it was
0: basically like i don't even know either it was basically like courtney ruined my moment with him and i was like i didn't even say that but i mean maybe she did but i didn't even say that
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i'm glad we're talking about it now and it's like a god so long ago but i just felt badly and you know the women tell all was a total cluster I came to apologize if I had hurt anybody's feelings and that was it. I was like, I'm going to put this to le- uh, bed and I really just wanted to go bury my head in the sand and disappear and then I we tried to make it work. But um, that night you ended up going home that night and I just remember, I think you like straddled him and you were like, I- we're going to kiss and you got your kiss, but like, did you rip your dress? I can't remember. Like you were No, doing- that
0: was definitely sound effects. Like my dress wasn't ripped. I mean, I was so, I was like so drunk. And I was trying to like,
1: you know, which you didn't really get drunk. So, yeah,
0: no, I really didn't drink much because I was like, this is a
1: madhouse. I have to keep my wits because everybody is crazy
0: here. Like, this is nuts. Uh, But yeah, so I remember the producers like Chris Harrison came in earlier that day. And that was the day that Casey Steamer, that they like kind of bombarded her.
1: We were both sad. I was like crying. Yeah. You were you were you were rooming with her.
0: I know. I love I she was like the she was like my safe place there. Like she was the one girl. I mean, I felt like I kind of got along with everyone because I she did tried my absolute best to because I was like, I don't want any of these girls on my like I don't want a target on my back. Um, <laughs> but I just loved her because I felt like she didn't talk smack about anyone. Like she was very, you know, she was just
1: even a fr- she was like a free thinker yes.
0: and she and she really she I feel like she still is and she's just a great person but um uh yeah so that day Chris Harrison came in and said if you you need to open up and like I felt like he was like looking at me and staring at me and it was like oh, straight I remember to me. that
1: yeah
0: and he's like if you haven't you know been I don't know what he said and I was like oh my gosh and so then the producers pulled me aside and they were like how are you going to open up to him Jamie and I was like I'm not telling him I feel like they just constantly wanted me to be like I'm from a trailer in a trailer park and my mom has drug, you know, like, I just felt like they wanted me to share my backstory with him. And I was like, I don't even know this guy. Like, and if I'm trying to have him attracted to me, that's not the first conversation I'm ever going to have with him. Like that's right. I was ashamed and embarrassed and like felt on. And, and I didn't, I really didn't feel safe around him. I didn't feel like he really necessarily liked me. I could see he was developing relationships with other women. So I was like, I just didn't, it just wasn't I just couldn't like phone it in for the, you know, for TV or whatever. And so I said, Oh, what I just kiss him. And then I remember Katie Chen. And so, first of all, that scene happened two different times, but they just play it as one and Katie, who was a producer on the show, um, they, she was like, okay, Jamie, go back down there and don't say a word this time. Just, just kiss him. And I just couldn't do it. And it it just got worse. And, and that's how awkward I am in real life. So there you have it.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I thought it was adorable. And you know, it's, it's fun to hear your stories as well, because on my first one-on-one date with him in Sonoma, um, They do. There's uh, so many cooks in the kitchen, but they pulled it. So we're having like our little romantic dinner. And then I remember it was a female EP pulled me aside and she's like, Courtney, you have to start opening up. Like we need you to talk about everything that they leading up to, you know, going on the show. They knew about my heartbreak. They knew about everything and they're like I'm like this is like I'm like can't this come out naturally and it was a sort of thing like if you don't you're coming across as very cold like America's not gonna like you unless you start being more vulnerable mm. so there's a lot of that that goes on oh, yeah. and I wish I would have stuck to my guns a little bit more on um, at certain times but you know what it's water under the bridge Ben just yeah. got married I don't know if you saw
0: you just got married. You said. Abended. Oh, Ben awesome. just got married. I was like, you. Put, I thought you've been married for a couple. Yeah, years. and Nazi. He just got married. I saw that. He, I mean, that's. Are you guys still? I. I feel like I want to have him on my podcast.
1: Yeah, we can talk to, about it. Oh, absolutely. I probably because I friends. talk about it on mine, and I wouldn't say friends, but we didn't talk after my book came out. I didn't come here and make friends. He was not happy, and he wasn't happy because I moved on with Ari right away. We. I mean, I burned uh. the bridge down. It was a very public br- <laughs> breakup, and. But then a few years later we we reconnected and it was kind of like should we try this again and oh. um right and so now we're cordial after that it it was good to just kind of put a bow on it it was like we jo- yeah. we joked we're like we were just kids
0: yeah and' try and figure it out
1: exactly like let's just hang out like without all this like cloud over at any who's so yeah he just he's like private he hasn't even said his wife's name but I'm happy for him he got married he hasn't
0: even said his wife's name so I wonder. She's
1: private. She doesn't do social media, I guess. Allegedly. Okay. So, but she looks really pretty. I'm happy for him. But going back to like you saying, because I read your book, I have it right here, and you worked with uh, my co-author and friend, Dibs Bear. Which
0: I want to thank you for because, so not for nothing, but the so the so-called villain of our season. The first thing I when we talk, I don't even know how I started talking to you about it, but you were like, oh yeah, I'll introduce you to my co-author, and you introduced yeah. me to my, now my co-author, who I oh. love.
1: She's the and best. Just legally changed her names to Dibs. So,
0: no, I'm so happy for her. As a matter of fact, she was going to go as her, as um, like Deb Bear. And I was like, why don't you just be Dib? Like when she, yes. I, mean, I was like, oh, you can just be a co author on the cover. And she's like, I can. I'm like, yeah, why not? It's
1: fair right here. Yeah. I have and it. so
0: she switched it to Dibs. But that's awesome. Yeah. Love it. Well, her. I
1: loved your book and I love the tone of your book. And obviously, we know Dibs. Like she's just so good at what she does. I was so proud mm-hmm. of you for doing this and sharing. Your backstory. I mean, there's stuff about my backstory that I still haven't shared to this day. I'll tell you offline, but things that I went through that I have never shared. But you were like an open book in this, yeah. And but like going back to like you growing up, like living in a trailer park and taking care of your siblings. And I just remember after like Ben and I broke up, someone close to his circle said like, you know, because I had some beef with his mom. She never liked me, but somebody said to me, you know, something about like he. She just always wanted him to be with like an elitist. I am not an elitist. Like I'm the same girl that went skinny to big with you. And I just don't have that. I never felt comfortable in that like country club setting. So I can see how maybe why you would feel that way around him too. Even before we got engaged in Switzerland, one of the female EPs pulled me aside. She's like, you know, Courtney, Ben's a little bit of a snob. And I hadn't seen that side to him. I was like, what? Um,
0: I definitely caught on in Panama. Oh. And then that just, and then I'm like trying to like this guy, but right. like, I'm like, but I can't get behind that. And so
1: he likes, he's like champagne taste.
0: Yeah. I'm I, it was such a mind F being on that show. Cause you think yeah. that you're even supposed to also, I was, you know, I was so young. I was 23. I really had never dated
1: 23.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was so young. I think I was 23 or 24. Maybe I just turned 24. I was very young and had never really dated. And so Uh, it was just a mind F being on that show because you're really like told that this guy, they take everything away from you. And so, and you're told this guy is like on the pedestal and that he should be the one. And so I can see how you could kind of, any, if you, you interacted with him far more than I did. And so I can imagine he put on like his, you know, best front, but I just remember we were eating, I wrote about it in the book, but we were eating like sandwiches in Panama. And like, these are like huts. These people don't even have indoor plumbing. Right. And he's like i can't wait to get in cuz it was raining I remember it was like kind oh, of cold and rainy it was a
1: tough date to to film
0: yeah and uh and he was like i can't wait to get back and have a hot shower and i was like these people don't even have like a toilet like could you have to say that in front of them like maybe they don't speak english but like i just seem so cold and and heartless and i don't think he meant it of course like that but i was like i just caught onto that so fast and i was like And I'm supposed to like be in love with this guy. Like, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can phone that in.
1: See, I didn't really pick up on any of that. But like, I do know, like having dated him for a year, there were times where I just felt there's a disconnect here. I could see how maybe you would maybe even subconsciously pick up on that, just being in that environment. But anyway, I I appreciate you opening up to me about. Uh, the time on the bachelor and I was like if I, if I was I was ever rude to you I'm sorry. I I just was you doing really the- were
0: never rude to me Thank ever. You. I was yeah. like I really
1: was trying my best. I think the interview process got me in the most trouble is like because I didn't feel like I was running around the house being mean to people. No, you
0: really, really weren't.
1: I was really trying to keep to myself but then the interviews airing while the show was yeah. going, I was like, you know, I did say some things that I, I apologized for. So you've been married for 10 years. I am a massive fan of married at first sight. So you are unlike. are this- you really, I still watch, do you- by the way, do you still watch the bachelor and do you watch married at first sight still?
0: I don't watch the bachelor. I really never watched it before or really after. And, um, I watched a little bit like, um, like Caitlin Bristow. I love. And, um, who else? Like Ashley, I, and I love, I like, love her. She's so sweet. Um, she's just, you know, the crier or whatever. Uh, and Meredith at first sight, you know, I hosted the after show for quite some time. I loved
1: you. I was so proud of you on that doing that. Oh,
0: thank you. And it's an interesting way that I was like, uh, replaced as a TV host. And so then I was, it just caused me to be like, you know, it's just, it's really, truly like Hollywood, you know, like that saying is like, you're Cool when you're cool and you're not when you're not and the. You're bachelor hot when is you're like hot
1: that. when you're not and you're oh same with the bachelor
0: yeah A bachelor is a hundred percent like that but the cool kids club hey. yeah it really is and I didn't think married at first sight was like that because I was like I just thought honestly I thought married at first sight was in, like the complete opposite of the bachelor and it and it is in a lot of ways yeah. um but the whole TV host thing like when I was hosting that after show a new you know a new plan was in place that I wasn't aware of. And so they didn't, it was always contracted like each season. So they didn't necessarily fire me or anything. Like I just finished my contract, but they just didn't rehire me. And after taking that after show from like ground zero to, you know, becoming like an actual half hour show on national television and not even having like a call from a producer who I was like, really, you don't have like 10 minutes to let me know that, Hey, we're going to, we're going a different direction is what they said. And I was like, In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great
1: candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today.
0: Oh, so anyways, um, so I don't so I stopped watching Meredith at first sight for a hot minute because I was like, it just kinda hurt, honestly. I was like, yeah. I really yeah. you think you become friends with these producers and you and I really you really think that and then you're like wait a minute you've just been like using me like really for like whatever gain you could get cool good to know that now okay so now i'll just take a step back
1: <laughs> yeah when well, you did such a great job of of doing it i commend you i i mean i think posting oh, and reading from a teleprompter and i was like yes you go girl and yeah. I, but i loved you i mean now you've been with your husband for 10 years so I'm sure you're thankful and you have two beautiful kids, which I mm-hmm. loved your video of you shaving your son's head or doing the Mohawk the oh, other day. post yeah. <laughs> the Most incredible content. You have almost a million followers. You're over 900, which by the way, is like coming off of our season when Instagram wasn't even a thing, you have mm-hmm. built a massive following the most out of anybody from our time on The Bachelor. So mm-hmm. that in itself is a business. and. yeah. Um, so, and you've been very vocal about like your body positive and I just love how real you are. I couldn't do it. I, I just, (laughs) but I mean, you've really built a brand for yourself and it sounds like you are going to update wifey 101. I just saw you're going to, okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, So basically when we, when I wrote that book, I was, I was really just like one to one and a half years married right up to like the second year anniversary. I wrote that book. And it's really funny to me because I haven't read it. You know, you don't really, like you were saying, you didn't watch The Bachelor. It's like kind of cringeworthy to like see your, like it's just like uncomfortable a little bit. So you just avoid it and like you don't watch it. Same thing for my book. I mean, I shared so much in that book. I can't even believe I shared all that I shared. Like now that it, like 10, like eight years later, really, I just read it for the first time in many, many years. And I'm like, I can't believe I shared all of that. Like, it's almost like I'm embarrassed for my younger self. Like, why did you share all of that? Yeah. Tell me about um, it. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel also simultaneously thankful that I did because truly when you have skeletons, like when I was on the bachelor trying to hide my little trailer park life and whatnot, which first of all, first and foremost, for anyone who's listening, who lives in a trailer in a trailer park, God bless you that, that, I mean, that was the only home that I had that kept me safe. And so, I am thankful for that trailer in that trailer park, even if the roof was leaking half the time and the heat wasn't on, you know, I'm still thankful for that because it, it kept us safe for and off like the streets and off like homeless shelters and all that jazz. So, um, and if that's you and you're like, man, I just wish I could get out. Cause I mean, a lot of times you do want to get out. Don't ever give up because you can. Um, but anyways, I, I did not want to share that because I was embarrassed and ashamed of it. And it ate me alive. Like I didn't, Like I often just didn't feel like I could talk about anything. I remember like the only person I ever felt an inkling bit, like who would understand and not judge me was Casey Steamer only because I, I just knew her better than you. Like, just like you said earlier, you did kind of, and I can see now that I've talked to you why you would just kind of disappear. I mean, if you feel like no one in the house likes you, why on earth would you want to partake with being with any of them? You know? So I get that, but I just, i never, we never grew close necessarily on the show because I just was never really around you. I feel like I never saw you much. And so in any case, I was talking to Casey about it a little tiny bit, but never ever told anybody. And it ate me alive. And oh. that's like the whole definition of like skeletons in your closet, whether no matter what it is, it could be something so small, but it's mm-hmm. like, don't live with that because it will eat you alive. It will diminish your shine. It will, it will take everything out of you. And in actuality, whatever it is that you're hiding. Is probably not that bad. And there's guaranteed to be someone else who's going through it or who has been through it, let it out, like take accountability. If it's something that you did wrong, acknowledge it, whatever. And, and, you know, and, and try to do better in the future, but don't live with that shame and that guilt and the, like the fear and all that, because it will literally just ruin your life. And so I was really thankful, you know, you have no choice for those home packages, you know, like, so Elon came to my house, like my trailer and filmed it. And it's kind of a funny story, but I like, so I didn't really have any choice. And also those, those one-on-ones though, they're, I forget what they're called. They're in the moment, right? Um, ITMs, is it- yeah.
1: In the moments.
0: So it's, it's so funny cause it's on, the, it was OTFs on married at first sight and it was oh. ITMs on, I know it was different, <laughs> different lingo, but, um, essentially like when you have those moments where you're talking to the producer, just one-on-one that, and you feel like you're becoming really good friends with them and whatnot, like mm. that felt like therapy sessions to me, like on the bachelor, like I would just, I mean, I would, I just needed therapy really. And so yeah. I'm thankful for the bachelor for giving me that opportunity, but, um,
1: especially with Alon he's, uh. He's the one I loved yeah. how vulnerable you are. And I wish I had that quality. And, you know, you are inspiring so many people on the internet, even me to just be yourself. <laughs> be yeah. Yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I think that, that for me, it just, a lot of weight came off me personally when I realized that who cares if I live in a trailer or in a trailer park, who cares if my mom, you know, she has her own, she had her own issues that she didn't have a support system for. And so she went off and her support was drugs was an escape. And she is not unlike everybody else in the world. There are many people who unfortunately go to that type of a coping mechanism. And it took me becoming an adult to realize like, she's also a hurt person who's, you know, like, even though I want her as my mom, well, she's a human being who probably wanted her mom and wasn't able to have, you know, access to her mom. And so um, needless to say yeah i just uh, i found it very freeing to just release it all and to just you know people will judge if they want to judge and that's fine they're gonna uh, and people who are in similar situations hopefully will get an inkling of support themselves and they'll have like some sort of you know to know like where i come from to where i'm at now it's like i'm I'm not anybody special like you could literally do the same thing and it's finding a little tiny bit of faith in yourself and letting go of any of those skeletons and just putting it out there and and knowing that you're going to get judged for it and you might lose some friends but you'll also gain a huge community of people who have gone through similar things and are looking for support as well so
1: well you have yeah. really paved the way and i can't imagine the messages you get that you've helped so many people and with your book and I can't wait to see the refresh of of, of your book and I read it in a day I, I was like yes you go girl I mm-hmm. shared probably a little bit too much in my book but it is what it is oh well, your book was, was really good
0: too and you' was, could read it in a day
1: too it was juicy and I felt like if yeah, I was go there I'm gonna like really go there because I was like I gotta yeah. give the backstory here um and I have a plan I'm gonna do it one and done. Um, but I do have, yeah. there's more that I, I'd love to write another book, but it's really like being vulnerable. And, um, mm-hmm. so, so going back to married at first, sight, like you've been married for 10 years to Doug, but I would love to ask you, I've been married for gosh, almost four years now. And you have two kids you've got, and you've been very open about wanting to get pregnant again. And, your losses, yeah. which I've had some as well. I've had uh, two miscarriages leading up to this pregnancy. And oh, I'm not kidding. I'm sorry, yeah, I know. So I and I months of trying and like taking the tests, and so I yeah. can relate to what you're going through. But you've got you got Henley and Hendrix, such cute names. Yeah. And Thank you. You just got this beautiful house. You guys kind of went off the map for a while, and you were li- like kind of RVing and and doing that. I followed yeah. along, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have been following along with you. So, um, also you can go check out your podcast, which is so entertaining. I love I love the name <laughs> you. of it. Um, but how's the pregnancy uh, baby making coming? And I just want to send my condolences and also congratulations. Since we've last seen each other, a lot has happened. Yeah. Yeah,
0: no, you know, it's interesting. I didn't ever anticipate having struggles like growing my family because I never had any trouble, you know, getting pregnant and, you know, when I was younger. And so, um, yeah, it's just been interesting. And I, and actually I was going to ask you as well, because I know that, you know, you're also in your late, well, like, I'm forty now. Ger- yeah, you're 40. So geriatric pregnancy and all that jazz. And so I was going to ask, I mean, maybe this is for a different conversation, but like, how on earth did you, and like, how do you feel? Because I'm going to be 38 and I'm like, dang, I, I just feel like I've, I've just for the first time. So we've been trying on and off really for three years to get pregnant. And mm. I tried the whole stop trying thing because everybody and their sister Ugh. tells you to just stop trying and it's going to happen when it happens. And you know, the stress of trying. And so I really tried the not trying, but still trying kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But, as a
1: woman, you know, like, okay, there's a, a window here where yeah, <laughs> you're maybe exactly. lighting candles and you're like, and I think just physically you feel a little bit more uh, turned on during that time. I think it's a human- yeah. Like yeah, you know, pheromones and stuff like that. So yeah, oh that and that. I you know I had Sarah Heron on. Not to get too far off topic, and she's now pregnant via IVF with twins. She, she is yes, so and she had a loss at like twenty. Yes. I and, mm-hmm. yes. and she said we talked about that, and she said, you know, it's really hard when people are telling you like just stop trying and have a glass of wine yeah. and you need to relax. And she has like a lot of um really a lot of wisdom and like how to talk to somebody that's struggling. Uh, a good friend of mine yeah. as well, who you actually know, struggled for a while now, and uh, it took her a couple of years. She did IVF and the whole thing, and. Uh, she had good advice. It was like, just ask your friends, like, do you want me to check in to you? Because people will say yeah. the darndest things. Hell, even now that I'm pregnant again and I am geriatric, I- I'm a little bit more nervous this pregnancy, but people will come up to me and be like, wow, you're huge. And I'm like, you know, people just say like in general in life, like things that yeah. maybe they could maybe – say better, but it is yeah, even nuts. talking to you about it. It's like, I, you know, I feel like I know you, but it's, a, it's a sensitive topic and it's really cool that you've been so open about it on your platform because a lot yeah. of people are dealing with it.
0: Yeah, I feel like that is what happened to me was that I had no choice, but to be open about, I don't think I would have ever been so open about it except for with our first loss, it was already like very public that I was pregnant. And so mm-hmm. I had no choice, but to address it because we were 17 weeks. And so, and that is what made me realize. And it kind of like brings home the point of like, whatever the skeleton is under your closet, you know, that you're just kind of hiding, just let it out there because you have so much more support and you're able to be a source of support to someone else by sharing your truth. And so if we hadn't, I mean, we had already been on like the, it was like Kathy Lee and Hoda. I think that was the, you know, that show we had announced our pregnancy there and it was in people magazine and everything. And And
1: then then it was pretty quickly after.
0: Yeah. And then it was very soon after that. I, that, you know, that unfortunately I like delivered him and of course he was far too young. And so, um,
1: how far along, if you don't mind me asking, were you? Yeah.
0: I was 17 weeks in one day when, yeah. So, and then, and and it's interesting. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. And, I would have never, ever shared that though, if like, it wasn't already so public. And so I think the truth for me that I learned from that was that it is, it is just seriously so important to share because I had nobody in my life to support me. Like no one who really understood that, you know, just because probably we had more people than I knew, but they just never talked about it. And so I just felt very, very alone, like incredibly alone. It's all of that. And weight gain and there's no baby and you have like the baby stuff, but, and I didn't have like a whole nursery or anything. And my heart really goes out to women who I can't even imagine who i like the, baby I mean, I just can't imagine. So I felt, you know, I guess I got lucky in that regard, but I did have baby stuff and, you know, and so then you have to just try to like get rid of it. I, I mean, I literally gave it to my sister because she was expecting and I was like, I don't know, like, do I want that for my next baby? No, like, I don't know. Like, and so But what I discovered though, from that is that people, I started blogging about it. Like writing has always been very therapeutic for me. It's, it's incredibly therapeutic to just to journal, really, but I started journaling and sharing online, like on my blog, and the amount of love and support I got, and so many women who reached out and said, "I've never told anybody that I've experienced this because it's so taboo." But you know, and they're like crying, and they're telling me that they're like crying as they're sending me their messages of of their own issues of struggling with to to conceive and loss, and 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 I'm like holy moly, like this should be something that we feel comfortable to talk about. We shouldn't, why are we, why are we as women told to kind of keep it secret? And, and I think it's because it, it can be very uncomfortable for the person who's approaching you. They don't know what to say or do, but that shouldn't be like, there's gotta be a better system because it's for the person who's, who's in such, you know, hormone a hormonal mess and emotional mess, they need support and to just have to like go sit in their cubicle and go to work the next day, you know, after something like that, like you just can't, like that should be a for sure day that you should be able to have off of work and all that jazz. But if you don't tell anybody, maybe you don't get that. And then you don't, and then you're just trying to push through and it's just, I feel like it's awful. And so that was our first pregnancy together. Well, there were two after that I lost. So I lost my first pregnancy with with Jonathan. His name is Jonathan. And he, cause he was 17 weeks and you know, we obviously weren't expecting that. And then I got pregnant with my daughter, Henley and she was like our little miracle rainbow baby. And then after Henley, we were really hoping to grow our family. I really have always wanted at least like two or three kids. Now I'm like, I want 10, like probably <laughs> cause I can't have them. I'm like, can I have 10 please? Uh, but, uh, so then after Henley, we were hoping to add like a sister or a brother and tried and got pregnant, lost that pregnancy, tried again, got pregnant, lost that oh. pregnancy. Those ones were very early on. And. Of course, they stop. I mean, every pregnancy loss is awful. You get excited. Really
1: is. Mine were like that this last year. I think it was like eight or nine weeks.
0: Okay, yeah. You, I don't know if you had to explain to your children because, well, your boys are. We it, didn't are tell you, them. We didn't.
1: We didn't. I have a boy and a girl. My son's three. My daughter's two and a half. But my yeah. now they know. But the, because that happened, we were like, we're going to wait. And my son can repeat things. And because that happened, we're like, we're not going to tell them. Yeah. We're not going to tell yeah, anybody yeah, yeah. for a while. Like I kept yeah. it under, I really kind of just kept to myself because I was like, people are going to know, like, I'm not drinking. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm, I'm looking bigger. I'm tired. So we, we yeah. really didn't ex- share it right away with anybody.
0: So that's so interesting. Cause for me, I'm like, now. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't share with my kids because they're it's different, but like now everything, I tell everything. Yeah, yeah, they do. And, the, and and they, my children cannot wait to have another sibling. And I'm like, I don't know, for the first time, I'm like, I don't know if that's like in our cards, like, you know, from like, I don't know if that's in our cards. And I thought, that for sure without no, no matter what, but I have like a block fallopian tube that I believe I just like want to put it out there that I believe it's going to open. But, um, just cause I, I really think that what you put out into the universe comes to you. But in any case, when I went to the fertility doctor, they found that I had a block fallopian tube and they found that I have a low normal AMA, which is like my egg count. And so, mm-hmm. and then I have like hypothyroidism, which is kind of just stacked against you. And then, um, I, I have, have that MCV, too. FR. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, man. It's the worst, right? Because I feel like if it's not under control, you're a freaking zombie, right? Yeah,
1: I got it with my daughter in my pregnancy. So I'm on a no. level of thyroxide yeah. yes. or whatever every day. And yes. if I don't take it and there's been days I forgot to take it. I'm like, why am I like my bat? It's like somebody just turned the light switch off on me.
0: Yes. That's it. That's so true. That's so true. And also I feel like while you're pregnant, you might need to increase that dosage. Have you had, I mean, just FYI, so
1: they've been monitoring me closely because oh, I said to them, I'm like, why am I so much more tired this time? I've been, yeah. I will say this pregnancy has been not hard, but like, uh, I think I'm 40 and I've got the two and, but I they yeah. check, they monitor me. They check my blood every four weeks to see if my dosage oh, is okay. And luckily yeah, it so still is, but I have, that's how it feels to me, Jamie. Like in my first trimester, yeah. it feels like undetected thyroid issues, but um, so blocked fallopian tubes though, I, my, uh, my friend has that. And I think that they could do a procedure to kind of open it. Right.
0: Yeah. So I had an HSG done. So essentially when I went to, to so the, it. um, for fertility doctor, he, and also Doug and I have like this genetic, it's called a biotinidase deficiency. We both have it. And so that there's a one in four chance that our offspring could have it. And so because of all these things together, the fertility doctor, uh, thinks that maybe we should just do IVF and that that's like our best option, uh, to have like a healthy baby. And of course, because of my age as well. And I'm like, okay. Um, but, um, yeah, so I don't know. And I, your age is fine.
1: fine. I mean, you're 30, my sister had a baby at like, I, I just someone had a baby at 47.
0: You do that yes. was natural. Yeah. Or was it IVF? Yeah. Natural. natural.
1: My sister had one at four over 40 and she has four kids and, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I've think- seen that
0: in the labor and delivery, like I worked in labor and delivery for such a long time. And I've seen that it's funny though, when you're like, uh, outside, it's like you start losing your faith a little bit, you know, when you, so it feels good to hear that
1: again. Yeah, I had my daughter at 38. Uh, I don't think that that should be considered geriatric. I, I get why they monitor a little bit more closely, but let's put mm-hmm. that out into the world for you too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Have you done so, IVF? Have you, have you, cause I've had friends that have done it and they're like, oh, okay, it's really intrusive. And I mean, I wish I could freeze my eggs. Like what if someday, like, I always think like, well, oh, maybe I'll win the lottery and I'll be able to have a surrogate. Like, what if I get to the point yeah. where I'm past the point where it's an option? And yeah. then I don't know, but maybe that's neither here nor there. But, um, have you yeah. ever gone through the, like the egg retrieval?
0: No. So that would be our next step. And so I, I like had a an old, like my own little deal with myself really. And my husband, like we were like, okay, when I, when I actually turn 38 in June, I guess that would probably be, if, if I'm not pregnant by then, like that would be like the direction to take, but I don't know. I I've really just kind of been like, kind of praying about it a lot. And I'm like, I do have two beautiful, healthy children and I'm so blessed with them. And I'm so thankful. Oh my gosh. And that's what I was going to say is that having children and going through this, it, it takes the sting. I mean, you're just so thankful for your children, you know, like I'm sure as you know. And so I just am so thankful for my kids. Like I can't imagine a, a woman going, you know, like going through this and not having any children and just wondering, cause I, I remembered that from like when I lost Jonathan. Yeah. I remember being like am I ever going to be a mom? Like am am I going to be able to have children? Like what's going on here? And then also trying for Henley and not getting pregnant immediately and being like, "Oh my god, I'm like, you know, like just scared to death that you're never going to be able to have children." And so now that I have two, I'm like I'm so thankful for these two. And it is very expensive a the IVF. We don't our insurance doesn't cover it and um, and it's incredibly expensive. So we moved into this new house and we have like a little nest egg set aside for renovation. We haven't touched it. Cause I was like thinking that would be for renovation, but I'm like, maybe it would have to be for IVF. And you know, so now we are just living in this house. If I showed you like my floors, they're literally like concrete. I ripped the carpet out because the carpet was like, good for you. I've, oh, se- like, I've seen
1: on your Instagram that it looks lovely and you have a,
0: pool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, certainly livable. It's not like it's, you know, but, um, it's definitely, there were some things that needed to, you know, like the carpet was just like, had like so many stains and all that jazz, but, um, so I just got rid of it and I, and I just haven't touched that nest egg because I'm like, well, maybe we would have to use it for IVF. And, and so the closer we're getting to my birthday, I'm like, well, geez. And then I had a friend come over and, I just have, I feel like I've had these signs that maybe I should just stop trying and stop like trying so hard. Like, it's like, I, I did stop trying so hard, but to not just stop trying so hard, but to like really leave it in God's hands. And like, if I, if I get pregnant, that's because like, God wants me to grow my family and to just, you know, to, to just maybe just leave it. in. And I don't know, that's really, I'm like very, I feel very vulnerable and scared to share that out loud because I don't know if I want to do that, which is awful. Right. I know, but it's like, do I stop taking all like, you know, the ovulation, like peeing on the ovulation sticks and like the app and all things. And so, I don't know. It's, it's, I think that that is though, what what I should do is like have more blind faith with God and then just believe that, that if our family is meant to grow, it will grow. And, and yeah. So anyways, that's kind of something that's kind Uh, of new realization that we might be at, but I, I wanted, but I had another friend that was like, well, you know, I've always been open to like adoption and me I had another too. friend, I would love to adopt, but my husband's really scared. My husband
1: of- would be anti too. We had that talk because I didn't know. I mean, I spent my whole twenties trying not to get pregnant and then I, I met the one for me, the things they don't tell you. It's actually, you know, so I didn't know if it would happen for us right away. And, um, it was sure fun trying, you know, we, yeah, were, yeah. we were older when we met and which I'm thankful for, but, mm-hmm. um. And then it happened pretty, pretty, I, th- I don't know, maybe four or five months into kind of trying, but um, kind of trying, not trying sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my train of thought. I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, but he, he has, a, I said, well, at first, you know, cause I'm older, we met when we're older. I was like, would you be open to adoption if for some reason I couldn't get pregnant? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, like, I think it's different for guys um, Yeah, because That's I was true. like, I'm like you, like, I just always wanted to be a mom. I always wanted a big family. And I think it's, you know, I just love our little family unit now and I can totally relate, you know, and I want to be sensitive to anybody who's going through it. Like, um, mm-hmm. you don't know, like having a loss and like trying so hard, I just can't imagine how it feels to like try and try. And then you, you know, mm-hmm. get the, get the test back. And the, just the, I've been there, the ups and downs mm-hmm. and the disappointment. And like, you think you're pregnant then you're not, but sorry if I'm yard, yard sailing, but um, adoption, I think is a beautiful thing. But I love how you're like, let's put it out into the world. But I was, it reminds me of my husband. He was like, Courtney, we're not going to track things where he's like, I don't want that pressure. He's like, I think the moment we get like really technical on our heads with it. But then after my first two, I was like, I'm ovulating this week. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like you said, like, you can't not like, you know, as That's a hot. female, like, even when you're like, I'm not going to yeah. think about it. Like, we do.
0: You can't help it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm. I think that. I mean, I'm just gonna pray about it more and like meditate. But I think that I'm going to try to maybe not to truly like just like pray instead of th- like you know right. think of like a different strategy of how I can become pregnant. Like just right. pray. Obviously, still so, so
1: like be. And I think that take makes sex a little bit more fun too.
0: To be and, very honest. Yeah. Because it's otherwise it's, it feels like a chore a little bit, right? It I, like I remember like all?
1: putting my like legs up. Um, oh, I do that. I, well, I'll be holding positive thoughts for you. I love your podcast and how relatable, gosh, like I wish we lived in the same place because you were talking about like mom friends. I yeah. haven't really found my tribe per se. Uh, you know, my mom passed away four years ago. I don't really have her help. I have my mother-in-law's help. And now the kids go to preschool a couple of days a week. So that helps. But uh, you were talking about like being on the playground and like, or somewhere and like meeting mom friends and finding your tribe. And I I'm right there with you. I yeah. I'm still trying to find, uh, find that group.
0: It's so hard. It really is. And it is, it, it can be very isolating. I feel like, but, um, but it's like hang in there. And I feel like school, if you can, if you're able to be like a room mom or be, like, like meet moms that way, I feel like. Everyone says that, but for me, it was really part, for me, it's been part of like, to be able to find my tribe and whatnot has yeah. been a little bit of like trying to be very active in my daughter's school, but a lot of also trying to take, like partake in like social activities, like play, like we play pickleball now. And so I've met so many friends by playing pickleball, it's
1: kind of pickleball fun because I feel like it I didn't hear so about fun. it until like this year. I'm like, I know
0: it's fun. all of a sudden, all the rave and I get the it. Golden though.
1: bachelor played, they had a pickleball uh, date. So you didn't watch, you didn't watch that. Actually. I
0: didn't watch that. No. Okay. So do you watch it though? Now is mm-hmm. still,
1: I oh, do because do? I'm okay. also interviewing a lot of the people coming off the show. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of need to be in the know, my husband and mm-hmm. I would just, it's, it's hard to commit to a two hour show every Monday.
0: I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Really, I don't really have time, but, um, I haven't, I'm not really still in the bachelor cool club, like cool kids club or whatever, you know, i am really. That's shocking kind
1: of- to me because you went on another hit show and I, in my opinion, honestly, sorry, um in my opinion, you should be like the Trista Sutter of married at first An example of yeah. how this show could work. Yeah. They should, we you should be on a pedestal. Okay.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, we, I think maybe because I think, I mean, I think we, I guess maybe are a little bit in the sense that they were like, Oh, this is, this is a success story and you can have this, you know? Um, But we're also just super honest about this is not easy. Like it doesn't, you know, it's you've might think that it looks like a fairy tale, but it's not, you know, it's, you still have to work just as much. And if not harder than the average person who gets married, cause they date before and know each other a little bit. And so when you get married, you're complete strangers and yeah, that's wild. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't know, but I'm excited to talk to you on my podcast. I can't yes, wait to have you send,
1: on. We're going to wrap up here. I would love to have you back anytime. Where can people follow along with you and Doug? What's your preferred platform? Are you on TikTok? I'm too old for that.
0: <laughs> you're so funny. You're not too old for anything first and foremost, but I'm not really Ooh. on TikTok either. Like I, I, I want to be, I just don't have time. My preferred platform is definitely Instagram. I love Instagram. Okay. I just love my girlfriends there. And so my, <laughs> handle is at friends. yeah, I call them my girlfriends. Uh, there it's at Jamie and Otis on Instagram. And I'm pretty much mostly there. I'm also on TikTok at Jamie. and Otis. one day I'll probably get better at like dancing and you know, I don't know oh. what TikTok is all about. I'll figure that out. Uh, yeah, my book, Wifey 101 is available on amazon.com and I'll be updating it very, I mean, I'm going to be releasing it. I don't have a date set yet, but I've been writing it. So I'm excited to to let you know when that is.
1: Thank you so much for your time and being so open. I've really enjoyed connecting with you, Jamie, and I'm going to be on, on your podcast as well. So stay tuned for that. And yeah. we will have- Send Doug my love, and we'll chat soon. Bye, girl. Thank you. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Courtney. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. And a huge thanks to Jamie Otis. It was so fun reconnecting with you go check out her podcast. I also did a guest spot on hers and I definitely spilled all the beans. It's going to be juicy. So, and I'm on Alana Noel's A Recipe for Crazy where, you know, I was a bit emotional, but I was sharing something that is a deep cut for me. Until next time, I'm your host, Courtney Robertson, and this is After Reality.